everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people out there. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. I will be back on the stage in a few weeks at Shaker Show Lounge in Surrey, Canada, so come get at me. If not, uh, you can also tip me on OnlyFans, Sia Steph on there, because I am a digital content creator. I'm also a former sugar baby as well as a stripper. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, the show has been going on for a few years now and I bring on different guests in the industry to kind of paint a really real picture of what sex workers really like. And this week is no different. I am so excited to bring on Miss Caitlin Bell onto the show today. And I know we have a really, really fun, tight hour. Got to keep it Nice and fun today. She's an absolute gem. <laughs> it's, it's been a fun time trying to get a hold of this girl. She's super busy, bouncing from coast to coast. And she, you might recognize her from many, many top tier adult production companies like Brazzers, Porn Pros, Team Ski, Sex Like Real, just to name a few. But welcome to the floor, Miss Caitlin Bell. Hello. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. And I'm so glad we could finally make this happen. It's been a few crazy ass weeks. <laughs> Tell me about it. Seems like we're all playing catch up. <laughs> Always. But like super happy here that you're able to give your time for this tight little hour to come speak with me and for the audience to get to know you a bit better. So um, I that's all I know about you in terms of like you're a really big adult film actress. Um, you also had your brief stints in Exotic Dancework and Full Service, which we'll get into. But would you like to maybe tell the audience who you are in your own terms, in your own words? Uh, sure. My name's Caitlin Bell. Um, I am seven months in the adult industry of porn, and I wish I had known about this years ago, because I would have jumped on the wagon when I turned 18, <laughs> but everything happens for a reason. Uh, I absolutely love to travel, so when I'm not working, which I don't consider work, I am traveling the world with my best friend. Uh, I just love seeing new cultures, um, understanding people's ways of life. Um, I'm also one of the most open-minded people you will meet. Um, I get along with everybody. So if we don't get along, there's there's an issue. <laughs> we can't be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be best friends with everybody I come around, but I'm a pretty easygoing person. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about me. I'm just a traveling, fun-loving, happy um, Gemini <laughs> who uh, is now doing porn. So <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, who's not going to love you? <laughs> it's been like two minutes and like you're, you're super sweet. Um I was going to say, like, you mentioned, like, you love traveling all stuff. Do you ever get any downtime? Because, like, I know that your schedule is just, like, off the haywire. <laughs> so my downtime is my traveling. Um, I make it a point to, when I'm traveling, to make it nothing but just the experience. But it's getting so hard because of OnlyFans that now my traveling experience is I'm having to take a little bit of time to, you know, record customs or talk to my fans so there really isn't any downtime but I'm not complaining at all um at least once a week I will shut my phone off and shut off all social media and I lay into my bed with my dog and enjoy a few puffs of uh, my favorite thing marijuana and (laughs) I really do 
right? I really do allow my brain to just be free of nothing sexual besides, well, maybe it depends on what I'm watching on TV. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's the only time I have downtime is really when I lock myself in my room and shut off everything. And then I'm going stir crazy because I'm, you know, all these ideas are coming about, about what I can do next to make my website better or make my performing better. It's just a, it's a 24 hour job if you allow it to be. Yeah, it definitely can be for sure. And like, as you mentioned with OnlyFans, like that is a nonstop thing. Like you have people joining your site, you're subscribing, people sending you messages, you know, you got to maintain those relationships and like kudos to you, even like on your quote unquote days off, like you got to nurture that. And like, that's why you're doing like, it's so, so well, but I know the audience is dying to know how you got into sex work. Like what's your story? (laughs) Where'd you come from? So I'm originally from Las Cruces, New Mexico, Mm -hmm. which if anyone doesn't know, it's about 45 minutes from El Paso, Texas. Um, it's about the same amount of distance from what is Mexico. So I had a lot of fun as a teenager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just, I, my father had instilled traveling in me since I was really young. Um, I lost him, unfortunately, but mm. that part, that spirit of me never died. So the moment I found an opportunity, which was when I was 23 years old, I found out about this. I was going to college to become, to become a dietitian. I was on my third year almost, and my teacher was extremely overweight, and it really, really hurt my hurt my soul as far as continuing down that path because this woman was supposed to be mentoring me on why diet and exercise is so important, and she wasn't practicing what she was preaching. So I kind of find that that was the moment where I was just like, you know what, school isn't for me, this isn't for me, I'm already bored. Um, I found this this millionaire who was bored himself and he was trying to sell tequila. So he needed, yeah, he needed a tequila promo model slash salesperson. I found out what bar he worked at uh, just so I could stand out from the other girls. Gave my, you know, 15 seconds spiel. Got a phone call the next day. Uh, He hired me on the spot. So my, yeah, my job was to travel the world at 23 years old with a car, housing, an allowance, um, expense report, and sell and promote tequila in all the top play, top cities in the United States, party cities. So, of course, I enjoyed myself very much doing that for a year. I met somebody in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I got engaged, uh, thought, you know, rich guy was going to have everything I wanted. And I lived in this giant, you know, mansion with my house and my cars and everything everyone thinks they want. He ended up being extremely um, possessive, verbally abusive. And when the physical abuse started, I was like, I'm done. I, I know I was taught better than this. So I left him. Yes. <laughs> I left him and I went to a strip club called Mardi Gras here in Atlanta. And it was a place that he frequented um, very much so. So when I was at home, not allowed to have friends or go out, he had VIP parking at the strip club, which means all these business trips were not business. They were him at strip clubs, which, I mean, he could have enjoyed that with me, but he didn't. He chose to be selfish. So I started working there. Um, <laughs> That's the best revenge. 
and uh, he, of course, never showed his face there again, um, which was great. But while I was stripping, I mean, I, I, by the way, I give, I have so much respect for strippers. That is not easy. It is so hard. It is. Um, they're talented. You have to have business mindset if you want to make it in the industry. And I had a client that I became close with say, you seem really good at the stripping. How do you like it? And I said, I really love it. I just don't like being up until four in the morning, sleeping all day, and then doing it all over. And the cigarette smoke was starting to really get to me. He's like, well, have you ever considered escorting? I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) He goes, well, it's kind of similar, but uh, it's on a one-on-one basis. And you guys discuss what, you know, what else may occur. Yeah. and he gave me the contact info to one of the top um, providers here in Atlanta. So I contacted her and she literally mentored me from day one. So I've been really lucky because I have had very little horror stories um, just because I was taught how to do it correctly and safely. Good for you. But that's how I started in the sex industry and I never looked back. Never looked back. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Okay. So many comments here. First of all, traveling the world, being a tequila rep at 23. That's like the dream job, especially in your 20s. Like so much fun. And I'm sure that job kind of must have given you tips too to to help you survive and thrive within the sex industry too. Because, you know, with sex work, it's a lot of sales it's a lot of hustling. (laughs) You're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Did any of that, like with your experiences in, you know, being a tequila rep, you know, working at the club and escorting, like what has that all taught you? And like, I mean, where you are with porn and we're going to get into that in just a bit, but it's, um, well, they, like you said, it's a very people oriented industry, all of them. You're selling something, whether it's sex or tequila, it's the same thing. So it taught me how to approach people that I had no idea, known at all, in a very comfortable manner. Um, it taught me how to gain people's trust um, and buy what I'm selling by practicing what I preach. So when I was selling the tequila, of course, you get taste. You get to taste the tequila. You get to see that it is a good product. With me, it was, you know... The way I treated you, the way, you know, the way our date went, the way our dance went. So it was very similar in just being able to deal with people from different walks of life, not mm-hmm. knowing where they come from, not judging them and giving them what they want, whether it's good tequila or good sex. <laughs> I love that. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me. There's so much crossover I find with any kind of sales and with a lot of the work that we do in sex work. So amazing, amazing points there. Um, I also want to just say and like bravo to you for getting out of that abusive relationship. Like it's really, really, really hard, especially when you're so young and just to to have been so headstrong and like, okay, like when the physical abuse started, you're like getting the fuck out of here was like your priority. Can you bring us back to that time and just like the emotions that were going through your head during that time? Yeah, it was crazy. I like would wake up, um, wake up one day and just like, this isn't who I am. I'm a fun loving, you know, person who has tons of friends who likes to go out. And 
I had this person convince me that, that that wasn't okay, that I shouldn't act that way. I don't know why. I mean, of course it is being young and I do feel so sorry for all these people that are in their twenties or in their teens. Like I get it. It's, uh, if I knew what I knew now, but they always say that, you know, hindsight, um, I just remember saying I'd rather kill myself or get out of this relationship. And I knew that suicide was absolutely not an option because at the end he would have won in that scenario. Um, so the emotions, I would wake up every day completely depressed, um, lost. I had no idea who I was. I had all the money in the world, all the you know physical possessions someone could actually want. And I was so lonely. I felt like Rapunzel in her tower with nothing. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, and like words, like words you can't take back. So sometimes I think that the verbal abuse was worse than the, you know, the physical abuse because physical abuse, those scars heal. Uh, it's the verbal ones that you can never take back and they're always stuck with you for the rest of your life. But since I got through it, there's <laughs> absolutely nothing standing in my way. And I want to tell people that if they ever feel like they are in the position where they can't, you can always change your situation. It might be the hardest thing you've ever done, but I promise you, once you've done it, you're going to feel like a brand new person. Um, and you have a brand new start to do it, whatever it is that you need to do to be happy. Well said. Bravo again to that because, yeah, it's it's – it's fucking hard and that's a reality for so many people. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation or like who you are, if you're a guy or woman or whatever. Like there's so many people trapped in these situations and maybe some people listening too. So I hope that was helpful to anyone listening out there. I was also in a really, really similar situation, dated this super loaded guy. I was American. I was bouncing back and forth from here in the States and like – it's just manipulation, it's isolation, and it's emotional and mental abuse. And like, again, kudos to you for getting out. That shit is not easy. And and look where you are today. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I also thank him, though. I'll thank him for – because I believe every relationship we're in, whether it's good or bad, has led us exactly where we are right now. And I'm the happiest I've ever been. So – who knows where I'd be if I never went through that? 100%. Because, I mean, like, if it wasn't for the guy, then you wouldn't have gone into stripping and you weren't, you wouldn't have gone into escorting. And we're about to hear your story with how you got into porn specifically. So everything happens for a reason, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> Not complaining at all. No. <laughs> but I'd love to hear um, – and thank you for sharing your story. I think it's so, so powerful and, and amazing too and really, really interesting. Um, I'd love to hear your story about how you got into porn specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Porn. So porn found me. I did not find porn. <laughs> um, just like all of us, I'm sure we went through stuff with COVID. Uh, it was a blessing and a curse for me. Um, I lost and cut off so many people in my life. Uh, Some of my closest friends that I thought were my ride or dies of eight years, 20 years, disappointed the shit out of me and broke my heart during this time. I went through a really, really big depression due to the fact that I couldn't travel. I started drinking heavily and, you know, I was an emotional basket case. And like, I used to be able to travel and run away from all these issues. But when you're sitting in your apartment, not being able to leave during quarantine, 
shit gets real. Yeah, no kidding. So I'd gone through some some stuff, and one of my friends from Florida was like, hey, you know what, sweetheart? Get out of Atlanta. Come to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Los Olas specifically, and let's have a great weekend. Like, you know, just get your mind off all that crap. I said, you know what? Why not? So I went down there, had the best time. Um, <laughs> party my friends were like you're not you're not you don't have a drinking problem you're depressed because you're around shitty people mm-hmm. you don't have a support system look how happy you are being around us and I was like you're right yeah and they suggested I move there they said come to Florida you know you have us we love you mm-hmm. and so I I literally got my um I came back and I was ready to move I had I was already planning I was going to stay with my friend until I found an apartment yeah uh, I started packing one week later I get a Twitter DM and it's a recruiter from Australia okay and he's just like, yeah he's like hey I've been following your career you know in sex industry but have you ever just ever thought about doing porn and I said you're insane no <laughs> like <laughs> Fair enough. Just because we think about it. And he goes, well, why don't you just try it out? Like, I hear still these references of girls. Um, he had, they had a really good roster of women. Um, he goes, and come check it out. You can stay at the model house. You can. You said you have friends here. And I said, where at? And he was like, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was literally just there a week ago. And he's like, well, there you go. If you're not comfortable staying at the model house, you can stay with your friends. If you don't like it, come home. It's like, you're right. I'm thinking of moving there anyway. This would be a great way for me to, you know, see where I'm going to live. Yeah, suss it out. So <laughs> I, I got my Jeep and my dog. I packed it up and I drove 10 hours all the way to Florida. Um, not specifically for porn, but just to leave the city. I got there and the rest is history. I did my, you know, I started and I fell absolutely in love with the industry and here I am, seven months later, I have no plans of quitting. Oh, my ever, God. Ever. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Until I absolutely physically can't do it anymore. Right. Yes. I mean, when there's physical limitations, and yes, and I guess it makes sense, but – Wow, that's so crazy. Like, and this is just a random DM that came in. Completely random. It was weird, really weird. A week after I left, just to go visit a place I'd never, ever been before. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what? Like, things happen for a reason. And, like, I was I was wondering, like, because sometimes, like, we all get so many DMs and, like, random scammy things. Like, did you ever think, like, first of all, like, this guy's trying to scam me, this guy's fake, until, like, maybe you started researching into it, like, did you have any head? Yes, because I've yes, because I have had people ask me, but mm-hmm. he seems so professional in the way and I'm that's also something I got really good at with providing mm-hmm. is reading reading into um, context, into messaging. I can tell when a person is being pushy or is just wasting my time. Um, he seemed very, very honest and the references he gave me and the girls I reached out to all had nothing but good things to say. So I also I did take a chance, but I also knew I had a lot of friends there so that if anything were to happen, I could easily just go to them. Totally. And you mentioned something really, really cool there too. Like um, with your work being a provider, you're able to kind of like filter out and you pick up on things. It's like a spidey sense, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because like sometimes we, we don't really talk about that in terms of like the skill of like filtering people out. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, you um, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with different types of people. People's wording is very, very important. Their tone of voice, um, the repetitive in the things that they say. With t- it's, it's, I know it's, it's not foolproof when you're doing it, when you're typing or texting, but because I've typed and texted with so many different types of gentlemen, there's a pattern when it comes to pushy men. And I have picked that out. Um, even just in, when we're together, within the first, my one of my superpowers is I can I can read an individual within the first thirty seconds to a minute they've walked into my into my place. You have to have that sense. Of course, I've done everything I need to do before to have them come in mm. here, but there's still some weirdos out there. Totally, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. Um, Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Yeah, I mean, like it's just. I was wondering, like, if you can name some specific examples and stuff, too, because we have a lot of providers that listen to the show, as well as a lot of clients that listen to the show, too, in terms of, like, how do you know when a guy is being really, really pushy? How do you know when they're, like, really trying to, like, almost manipulate manipulate you into trying to get their way? Um, so one of the worst things is I did have an individual who was extremely nice. Like, he checked all the boxes. Um, he was great. We finally got to see each other. He walked in, he just had this eerily sweet, like overly nice kind of persona going on. And I was like, you know what? He's too nice. Okay, whatever. He's too nice. You can't, I'm just going to ignore this warning sign. I should have known better. Usually when I would get paid for what I was doing, I would, you know, have them leave it in the bathroom discreetly. And while they were freshing up, I would you know, make sure everything was there. I didn't use my instincts on this for some reason that day. So we continued to have fun. He was still super eerily nice. He left. I go to the bathroom and I check my envelope and there's $4 in there. Fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, So I messaged him and I said, really? I mean, I thought you were one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he said, He's like, that's what you get, bitch, for um, for canceling on me the other day. Now you know what it feels like. And I said, what? Yeah. And I said, canceling? I gave you a week heads up. Um, and how dare you? Like, And then he just went off calling me all the names in the book. Of course, he got blacklisted and called out. But that was, you know, that was an example. Another example is just... Some some guys are like, hey, can we meet at this time? Even this is just yes. for Skyping. Yeah. Time? No, but I'm available at this time. But you could probably do this time, right? No, sweetheart, I can't this time. And then they'll go back and forth with you. What about this much money or this? What can I convince you? No, sweetheart, this is the time. And then they continue to message you over and over. And then the next day they're like, well, we probably could have, we could have met yesterday or the day before, but you know, you just didn't make time for me. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, sweetheart, I don't think this is going to work. You're being pushy. Like, a gentleman will pick the time. You guys agree on the time, place. There's no more discussion. Goodbye. Have a great day kind yeah, of thing. Totally. When they consistently message you and try to change your mind about seeing them by offering more money or, or making you feel bad for not for missing an appointment because you were too busy. This guy, I told him I wouldn't see him and that he's been being too pushy and I would not even virtual call with him. He posted something on my Instagram 
right away saying I was the worst provider in the world, talking all this shit on my Instagram, like tagged me everything. Of course, he was blocked right away. Yeah. And then he, and then he proceeded to bombard my messaging saying I ruined his birthday. Oh my God. <laughs> and that he was about to go to a local club pub and get himself wasted because I destroyed his birthday. Oh my God. I'm sorry to laugh, but this is really funny. No. <laughs> It's, he's completely out of his mind, but that was an example of me using my instincts and being like, this person seems too pushy. Thank God. Because yeah. like, who knows what he'd be like in person. <laughs> totally. And like, that's like, yeah, you make such great points here, especially like, yeah, the too niceness. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the offering more money and them trying to get us to work around their schedule. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, honey. No, not at all. It does not. And there are so many guys out there that are so respectful that I don't have any time for these douchebags, unfortunately. And I want, I'm, I love that we have the internet now and we have these, these ways to verify these people because it's helping weed out all the scumbags. And it's just, it's incredible how many guys out there actually think that they can go online and pick up a girl and expect absolutely nothing as far as verification is concerned. Oh yeah, sweetheart, we're going to meet at this time, this place, and I'm not even going to know what your name is because that's too private for you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm cringing at this. <laughs> I am cringing this at seems this. Like too much. My privacy is more important. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. Good luck and good luck when you do find a girl that is okay with that because you're probably going to get mugged yeah. or robbed or who knows. <laughs> yeah, it's like peace out, goodbye, nice conversation, nice to know you. <laughs> well, I mean, escorting and a stripping and all – like just clients in general, there's there's going to be kind of, so lots of scumbags out there too. Um, but I'd love to hear more about the positives in terms of like going – like in terms of the porn front. So – I was wondering, like, and kind of switching the topic here. So, what did you have any like hesitancies before you got into porn at all? Or because, like, he said it kind of never crossed your mind before. So, I just wanted to kind of know what those were if you had any hesitancies. I, so because I've been in the sex industry for so long, it's been eight years. Um, my friends who had I created in my life already knew who I what I did. So they accepted me for what I was. My parents um, would be the only people that I would have been more hesitant to join. But since I've lost both of them, mm, there's absolutely nobody out there that I give a shit about what I do. Because <laughs> um, I'm a good person. And if what I'm doing is offended you, then we shouldn't be friends. And I totally respect that. But that was probably the only hesitant would have been my parents being alive. But no, I, I thought about the pros and cons and there was absolutely nothing. Uh, there was no cons that I could see except for the fact that I didn't know what the industry was about. Yeah. But I did know that I started very late compared to mm -hmm. most women. Right. So I have many more years of maturity, which is very important because no one's going to tell me what I am and what I'm not going to do or even try to manipulate me into thinking that I should. So Totally. Good. Good on you. <laughs> I wonder, like, do, do you remember your first scene? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
my first scene was with Jake Adams. Yes. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I was told later that's where they do. They It's like girls' first times in the industry. They send you out to Phoenix. And wow. uh, Jake would, I guess, see if you could do it. Um, Interesting. So the first suit was so ner- I was so nervous. My God, I remember being on the makeup chair and just shaking profusely, like I couldn't stop shaking. And the girl, everyone was extremely friendly and like supportive. She's like, "You're gonna be okay." I said, "I know, but am I really though?" <laughs> um, I was like, "I do this, but there's no camera involved, and like this isn't a they're not professional fuckers, you know." <laughs> so. I sat down and Jake's like, are you ready? And I was like, I guess so. And then the moment the camera went on, it was like everything went away. Like all my anxiety, all my fear, it just melted away. And if you listen to my interview at the beginning, I my voice is kind of like scratchy and like poppy, like I'm nervous. And then it just starts flowing because my nerves start to go away. It was intense. Um, Jake, I told Jake, I said, I don't tap out, so good luck. <laughs> and he said, okay, girl, we'll see. <laughs> he tapped out. Um, <laughs> he had to take a break and said, oh, my God, what did I was, like, thinking, sweetheart, I've been, I've been practicing for eight years. Um, and it was the biggest, one of the biggest orgasms I've ever had, honestly, to this day. Uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I also thought, though, because I went in full makeup, I came out with not a stitch of makeup on me, sweating wow. profusely, because they turn the air conditionings off, the air conditioner off during these films. Oh. When you're in Phoenix, Arizona, in the middle of summer, it gets really hot really fast. So after we were done, gave him a hug and was like, how do girls keep their makeup on? Like, it just seems like in porn, they look so pretty. <laughs> um, put together, come to find out that most scenes were not going to be like that. They really were letting me to see if I could do <laughs> what was about to happen. Uh, and I just- wow. Oh my gosh. Wild. So yeah, you made an, you made a lasting impression. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And even like the thing with like makeup and stuff, you don't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were break, they would break things up. <laughs> Oh, so so most most scenes I've noticed, like, that was a full interview, full on just sex scene. You know, it was a gonzo type of thing. It wasn't a production. Uh, So that's why it was so intense, because in most, most of our scenes, everything is very much cut up into pieces. So stop, go, stop. A lot of it is acting and pretty girls before we even get to the actual sex part. Um, so that was just an experience to see if I could make it in the industry. Cause I guess they're thinking if I could do that scene, I'd be pretty fine anywhere else. And <laughs> it definitely was the most intense scene I still have had to this day. Wow. Yeah, definitely <laughs> quite a memorable one. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately I, I was supposed to have my, um, reunion with him and he passed away the day before I flew back out. So. Yes. Oh, it's so, so, so sad, like absolutely tragic. What was going through your mind after hearing that news? I I know like dealing with death, it's, well, one, it's traumatic. And also two, it's so emotional and sometimes surreal too. But can you take us back to that time if you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, of course. Um, Well, I was so excited because I'd already done a 
few scenes since I'd seen him and I wanted to show him, you know, what I have, what I had taught, what I was taught. And, um, and just to see him again and tell him thank you because he, it, he's the one who made her break whether I want to do porn at all. That's his job. And he made me want to never look back. So when, when my agent at the time told me, sweetheart, like you need to cancel your flight. And I said, okay. And he goes, Jake passed away. And I was like, whatever, you're just messing with me. I don't know why, but I was, I just didn't think it was real. And he goes, no, really. He died. He died last night um, in a motorcycle accident. It, it shocked me because it shocked me. And it also made me really appreciate how I'm living my life right now. I've been told that I live a very fast life. I'm nonstop, but the reason why I live the way I live is because I could be gone tomorrow. Um, he was young, uh, he was healthy, and he was here one day and he was gone the next. So that's why I live the way I do. It made me just verify why I need to continue to keep living because I could die at any moment's notice. Um, and it's unfortunate, but at least now, if I were to die tomorrow, my friends know that I lived a lot. You lived a life, girl. <laughs> I've lived a lot. <laughs> wow, that's that's really really powerful stuff. And like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there for sure. Because you just never know. We could be gone tomorrow. We could be gone later today. Like it, it can literally happen to anyone. Death is death is a common thing, and I just feel like. Not a lot of us talk about it because sometimes, yes, it can be triggering, but I think it's really, really important that um, you at least address it and you have this conversation. Um, I'm curious to know as well, how do you deal with trauma and how how did you cope after that? Because that can be – it can be so taxing. So the way I dealt with it is what I should have been doing since I lost my father and my mother. I got therapy. Yeah, good uh, for you. Well, I had I had started seeing a psychiatrist and a psychologist. I did both. I was like ready to. I, I knew that I was not a sad person, and I knew that there was tools out there to help me fix it. So before his death, I had already before even getting into porn, I had already started seeing a psychiatrist and a psychologist. And by the time that had happened, I had all the tools. So when he passed. I've had my, my psychologist on speed dial and it helped so much um, just because I had, to, I had to be able to talk about it. And the girls in the house, of course, he's been in the industry for a while. He was a raising, rising star. It was good to have their support as well because they knew him very personally, a lot of them. So we all grieved together. Um, yeah. And if it weren't for, you know, the therapy, I don't know how I would have handled it. But now it seems like life can really throw me whatever and I'm ready for it. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, that, that shit is hard to deal with. But it's good that you had support network and you had people there because that does make it a little bit easier to kind of cope and to kind of deal and to process. So so thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I want to maybe go back on some lighter <laughs> – some lighter topics and kind of fast forward to where you are today but just like things like how do you prep for a shoot are there specific scenes you need to do specific like um routines for and stuff like that do you want to go into like how you prepare yourself yeah of course first of all people don't realize I'm sure they do but 
the people in the industry that have made it um, are extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we all have our vices, <laughs> but are extremely healthy. Workouts, um, your mental state has to be on point. Um, so I make sure that I've, I've never been so self-aware about my body and, you know, every little mark on it. So every day before a shoot, I make sure that I don't party the night before because drinking really dehydrates you and it makes you look tired and worn and it causes cramping. And that's the worst thing. People don't realize that when you're having sex, your your muscles can spasm them up. If you're on camera, that shit hurts. Um <laughs> So I make sure and I work out every single day before I go to a shoot, mm. um, make sure that I I don't eat. So that I call it um, industry intermittent fasting. <laughs> a lot of us, we do not eat until our shoots are over. So that could be 10 hours, that could be 14, depending on, you know, when you, when you wake up. I'm not saying we're on set the whole time, but by the time the day's over. So I don't eat... Um, I work out and I don't do anal yet. Mm-hmm. So I there's no prep for me in that sense, but I do hear girls that do that. They take a week, they have an entire, you know, array of plugs. Um, they fast. <laughs> um, I will eventually do it. I'm just not ready yet, okay. uh, especially with those boys. <laughs> They're big. Um, yeah. yeah, I just work out, stay healthy, uh, don't drink the night before. And come to set clean face, hair washed for makeup. Ready to go. Ready to shoot. There we go. I know like you also mentioned because you entered the porn industry during the pandemic, right? Like (laughs) you never knew it, I guess, like pre-pandemic times. But like how has those processes been in terms of like having to get a COVID test like every single time you go and set and like – like going back and forth from like east coast to west coast (laughs) like that was probably the most annoying thing when the one of the cons in the in the industry because of covid is when i was in in florida i was having to go get tested every 24 hours so the model house was in fort lauderdale and testing is at in miami and it's one testing center that you're allowed to go to so I was going back and forth three hours of my life every single day just to get a COVID test to tell me that I don't have COVID. Um, I was told that if I got the vaccine that I would only have to test once a week. So to me, I I did it because it seemed logical because mm-hmm. I was so tired yeah. of making the commute. That wasn't the case because companies can still say, no, we still require a 24-hour COVID right. test. Right, right. That was a pain. When I came to California, it's a lot more lenient um, as far as how how often you have to test. Now, a good week is good, sometimes three days, but it's getting more and more lenient, especially since I've been, you know, had my vaccine and whatnot. Um, and the people canceling, shoots getting canceled left and right oh, because of COVID. Yeah. And it's somebody gets COVID and they shut things down until they find out if someone else has it. It's just, it's so annoying because even if you have no symptoms and you're completely healthy, I've lucky never had COVID. I still don't know how. <laughs> Me too. But, um, right? Oh my God. We're so lucky. I don't, I, I have no idea because everyone I know has COVID or had it. Um, so yeah, just they constantly having to redo shoots has been a, you know, challenge for the industry, it's getting better, but everyone now is playing catch up. 
Um, there was all these scenes that needed to be shot and because of COVID they had to be postponed. So now they're working on all these postponed shoots plus they still need material for the coming year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very much a oh shit. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, on top of like the regular standard like HIV and STI testing that you have to do on top of that. Like it's just a, it's a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's and the STIs was not as is that that bad. No. It's the COVID it's, test that's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I hear you. Even just traveling yeah. too. It's so like one is another added cost to everything, and then two, yeah. like I I personally don't like things up my nose. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, what what other challenges do you? currently face as an adult film actress like if you can think of anything else (laughs) I've been so lucky um I haven't really come across any challenges the only challenge right now I I think is is having a stable place in California because I know that's where I'm gonna live and um Living out of suitcases is getting really old. I have a beautiful apartment here in Atlanta, but my heart's no longer here. Um, my heart's in California, so I've been lucky to have you know friends let me stay with them. But I like my space. But hotels, it's like you know you're spending rent on hotels. I just right now the challenge is me not having a stable place to live with my dog. I miss her so much. I picked her up for the first time in two months yesterday to fly her back here. Um, so that's it. I just want to live in California, have my apartment, set it up the way it's supposed to be set up and just continue to work. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to, for home to feel like a home. And when you're kind of bouncing all over the place, well, because of work, um, it can be really, really, really tough on your body. And also just like, as you said, like living out of suitcase is really, really hard and, and gets old. Yeah. I mean, I say that and then watch. I'm like, I'm stagnant for like two days and I want to lose my mind. Uh, so I complain, but I'm, I live in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm a diamond medallion with, uh, with Delta and I'm in the airport a lot. <laughs> second home, basically. It is my second home. Where do you think um, – like, with, with the landscape of porn changing, like, where do you think it's going to go? Because I feel like with a lot of these, like, tube sites that are online and with, like, OnlyFans and lots of these clip sites, many beds, like, Avian Stars, like, there's so much stuff out there where you can access porn. I don't want to say for free, but there's porn that might be more accessible for people. Like, where, what, what are your thoughts on that? And where do you think the industry is going? Um, well, since I'm new, I'm still learning on how it's changed, but, um, there, I was told that there are the tried and true fans that have been there from the beginning and they're not going anywhere. Um, they're the reason why we film and shoot the things we're filming because they're watching every click that people are clicking on, um, all the likes they're liking. So that, that is swaying how we do our filming, um, just because there's all these avenues of, of getting porn, they're still not the porn stars. So people can create all the content they want, but being a porn star is a talent. Um, We are sexual athletes. 
the things that you see are not real. They are, but they're not. Um, it's, it's a show and watching people that really like the ones that have, you know, been best performer of the year, they deserve that stuff. I've, I've watched their performance. They love what they're doing and the flow of watching these people come together and create these movies is so fun. Yeah. That people can help it. Like people are always, I think, going to want to see their, their stars, um, as far as porn is, and I don't know, I, I feel like it's going to get better um, versus the worst, just because there's a lot of amateur stuff out there. Yes, there's a lot of amateur <laughs> stuff. Who knows? I, I asked them if it slowed down, and they said no. <laughs> uh, if, anything, if anything, COVID just created the OnlyFans aspect of it all, but yeah. uh, things, haven't, things haven't slowed down no. um, at all. No, and like... Okay, okay, like what I'm trying to say here, because there's a lot of amateur stuff out there for sure. Do you think there's still like a space for like really high production sets and movies and stuff like that? Like, or do you think like that? So I've always, well, see, I've always wanted, I've been, I've wanted to do one of those because I do do a lot of acting. Mm -hmm. It's very short clips and stuff, and it's so much fun. But the people that, um, the people, the people in the industry that I've been doing for a while that used to do that say that they didn't really like those type of productions because really? you get paid the exact same amount, but you're working more two, three times as more. Yeah. You're on set for 14 hours a day. Uh, it's extremely exhausting and the pay, there's no pay raise. It's the same pay. You're just you're just wasting your time pretty much. I think it looks great and I really want to be a part of it, but as far as the big production, I think that's going to get less and less. Um, I'm only just because I don't think performers want to do it. <laughs> unless, unless there's a pay raise, yeah. Like, what's the point of being on set for, you know, 14 hours and getting paid the same amount for a four to, you know, six-hour production? Like, that makes sense, yeah, because, like, I never even thought about that kind of aspect in terms of, like, well, is the rate the same? Is it going to be more money involved? But, yeah, if it's the same, then I, I can understand the performers being like, eh, I'm not really <laughs> – I'm not really into this. <laughs> I can right. see where they're coming from. <laughs> Well, I guess like on that note, and I know we have to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I think it's probably time for us to move over on to some Q&A just because we have a, just a little bit of time left and I want to ensure that everyone's questions gets answered. And also at this point, a uh, big shout out to Arub Sarkar as well as Justin Erickson. Thank you for being um, on the top tier of Patreon there. I will plug all the links later on in terms of how you can subscribe. But we've got some questions in from the fans, from your fans, some of the audience, random questions here. So let's kind of get into it. So uh, the first question is, do you think OnlyFans has made the porn industry better or worse? I think it's made it better because it's allowing people to be their own porn stars so that they can... It's kind of like walking a mile in our shoes. Um, you know, being able to be sexual is in everybody. I mean, not everyone wants to express it, but being able to have a platform where you can express it, I think is a great thing. And I think that it's, it makes me look better. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, like, in terms of, like, your own OnlyFans, too, like, and you mentioned earlier, really, really early on in the interview, it's, like, a 24-7 job. Is is there – do you prefer OnlyFans? Do you prefer being on set? Or, like, are they completely different? And I, I know they're different, but <laughs> – uh, they're completely different. I'm honestly just getting into my OnlyFans because mm-hmm. I was so busy that I had an assistant running it and the culture was not who I was. So when I finally did log in, I didn't even know who these people were. They didn't know who I was and it just it was not the environment I was trying. So I deleted my entire OnlyFans. I started all over a couple weeks ago and um, it's it's already great. Like it's, I'm, I'm setting the groundwork for, you know, my personality. I'm not going to get an assistant until it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um, I love being on set more now just because it's always a different experience. And I have coworkers. Like, I don't think people know the value of coworkers until you don't have them. Yeah. They're annoying and you're not going to get along with all of them, but being able to, you know, go to lunch or dinner with your coworkers and talk shit about what happened that day or what didn't, it really, really helped with, you know, with my, with my mm-hmm. mind and uh, feeling wanted. And because when you're escorting, you're in the background by yourself. Like there's no one saying good job. Yeah. Like, you need that. <laughs> yes. Especially in this so. industry, this industry can be so isolating and like you're by yourself. Like luckily our community is, is amazing, but sometimes like when you're doing the actual work, sometimes you're just beside yourself and and that's so cool that you brought that up because like in the times of COVID like with offices and everything shutting down there's like no more in-person things like that shit is gone and it's so important it's so important (laughs) like just to have that human connection again is is so key unless you yeah yeah. but now but now that I'm getting into my OnlyFans, I'm actually I'm starting to really enjoy mm-hmm. it. That's why I want my apartment yeah. set up because I want to be able to create these content. I don't want to just do, you know, the same content over. I want to – I see some of my co-stars doing these incredible backdrops and they change up their stuff all the time. And I, I think that the fans that really appreciate that um, and it shows in their work. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I guess the next one here is, first of all, she's gorgeous. Second, how is her dating life? If you want to speak about that. If not, we can skip. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, My dating life. So I don't date um, since I joined the industry. Uh, Not the sex industry, just porn in general. First of all, I am on some of the most beautiful men and women <laughs> that I've ever been around getting, I mean, sex on, on camera and sex in real life is two different things. Um, but I'm having these experiences with them. And then when I do date, I usually date people in my industry because we have the same schedules. We're super busy. So they're not, they don't get annoyed like on a regular, oh my God, are you ever going to have time? I honestly don't know. I'm so busy. <laughs> and I don't have to have the discussion about being a porn. I've had this discussion when I was escorting about, you know, they love what they what you do until they don't. And I end up changing who I am, changing my job, and then the relationship doesn't work. And I find myself picking myself off the floor not knowing who, you know, Caitlin Bell is. And I'm tired of that, that 
repetition. I'm done. Like if I do what I do because I love what I do, if you like it, cool. If you don't, please, please keep walking. And I'm just not dating because I honestly have no interest in it. Um, I'm dating myself and I'm in a really good relationship with myself and there's been no drama. (laughs) (laughs) If I need my fill, I've got, you know, a few people on speed dial that can help with that. Um, I consider myself to be more a polyamorous type of person. When I do get into a relationship, I don't believe monogamy exists, but I do believe that you can love one single individual and, but you can have multiple individuals to, you know, fill in whatever gaps yeah. it is that you need. But yeah. I don't know. No, I agree with that <laughs> totally because, like, yeah, there's just so many things, like, with one person. They, they're not going to check all the boxes. <laughs> no, no, no one does. And then we're, we're disappointed that they don't when we're human beings. Like, we have flaws. But, you know, you can just ignore the flaw in one person and get your fill yeah. from this one. And then, you know. Just a good way of life. <laughs> um, we have another OnlyFans questions here. So it's, um, has OnlyFans made porn stars easier to be recognized or harder because it created more work? That's a good question. I believe that it's gotten porn stars easily to be recognized because I find a lot of people that do join OnlyFans, they've already have some sort of platform involved, not just porn, but whatever it is that they're great at, they've already got a following in that sense. So people think they can just open their OnlyFans account and, you know, shake their titties <laughs> and they're going to be success. When, when you're in porn, you already you're building your brand. So when I started my OnlyFans, I'm Caitlin Bell. I already have this brand, um, and these followers who want to see my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, where are we? Oh yes. A couple more questions here. Cause now we got to get out of here, but how do you prep for a shoot if your mental health isn't doing well? You don't. Yeah. Um, I, to this day, haven't had that mm-hmm. happen, but I have seen people on set that have had a phone call that came in that was disturbing and they were no longer allowed or could not perform just because you can't, you have to be mentally sane and in check before you go on set. Um, And if you don't, you know, are you doing this? Is it, is it hurting your mental state or is it something else? But I believe that if I ever do have a time where, cause I'm not always going to be happy that I don't feel like I mentally can do this, then I will opt to say, I, I can't do this just because my mental, my mental health is way more important than any scene I'm ever going to do. Um, so yeah, if, if you're, I would tell anyone, if you feel that you're not mentally okay for that day, just, you know, take your time, take the day or whatever it is to figure out what is bothering you. But don't, don't mask it by throwing yourself on yeah. set. Um, throwing yourself into work <laughs> and stuff. Some people think like the distraction is great, but honestly, you just need time to process. So important. I mean, I think it's a lot easier for women to be able to check it. Men, I have to say this, I give so many kudos to male talents because if they can't perform, our entire set is done. And it takes a lot more mental ability to, to keep your dick <laughs> hard and keep it going. Um, with us, you can just slap some lube on it and we're good to go. These guys are like all up in their heads. So I can't even imagine 
what would go, what would have actually seen it when somebody messes with Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just not easy. I'll have to bring on a male porn star to speak about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. <laughs> we have the last question here coming in. So uh, what are her thoughts regarding the finances of a porn career going forward? Okay, so that is very important. Because of all the platforms we have, not just porn, but OnlyFans, I do a lot of cameoing now. Um, there's just all these revenues of money that you can make. It is very important to get somebody who can help you manage this because it's very easy to bowl through it. Um, when you don't, when you have this type of money coming in, and you have nobody, you know, telling you. Maybe you shouldn't spend it on that. So, but I'll be making this much. Uh, you, I, I think everyone should have a financial advisor um, or at least take the steps to getting one because you can retire and live this amazing life. My goal is to retire at 40 years old. Not to say that I won't continue to do porn because I'm having so much fun, but by the time I hit 40, I will be able to walk away and never work again. That is my goal in life. Um, and in order for that to happen, I have to make sure and take care of my money. And it's it's really easy to just spend it. <laughs> oh, it's always so much easier to spend it for sure. <laughs> But those are some great questions. Thank you, everyone who wrote in to uh, have all these questions answered by Caitlin. But Caitlin, I know you got to get going in a couple minutes here. So before I let you go, where can we find you? You can find me at my Twitter is Caitlin Bell XXX. My OnlyFans is Caitlin Bell XXX. And my Instagram is Caitlin is naughty. <laughs> Caitlin is naughty. There we go. <laughs> so great. Caitlin, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, it is new episodes every single Sunday, script by Sia on all podcast platforms. And don't forget to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. Maybe rate me five stars on Spotify. And, um, you can find me on Twitter, which is Stripped by Sia. You can find me on Instagram, Stripped by Sia, or my personal Sia stuff. And of course, maybe consider becoming a patron. This stuff is done for free. So if you want to help out and help with the show, it's patreon.com slash Stripped by Sia. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next week. Thank you so much, Caitlin. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of Thank day. you. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Davern.